0: What is up, guys? You're listening to Back of Sports. I'm Wes Madera, sitting here today just to let y'all know about an interview we recorded with former Georgia and UAB linebacker Jake Gaines. Man, it was such a fun interview, you know. He led us into his life a little bit, you know. He's now a high school teacher, linebacker coach for Thompson High in um, Alabaster, Alabama. They just won the 7A state championship, you know. He let us know about his career, Georgia's career at UAB, and the transition he had from UAB to Georgia. So, you know, it was a fun interview, great guy to talk to, could have talked for hours with this guy. So we plan on having him back on the show, you know, just all depends on how it works out. So, I hope you all enjoy our interview. What is up, guys? We are here today with a very special guest, one of my favorite Bulldogs, led the team in all defensive stats, pretty much, his one year there, played at UAB, played at Georgia, played for the Vikings. We are on the phone today with Jake Gaines. Jake, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, guys. I appreciate y'all having me on.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. So why don't you go ahead and just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, Yeah, so um, like I said, my name is Jake Gaines. Currently, I'm a high school teacher and a football coach at Thompson High School. It's in Alabaster, Alabama. It's a little suburb of Birmingham, about 30 minutes south. Um, I coach the linebackers here. We actually just won the 7A state championship this past season. So we had a really good year. Um, been doing that now going on year four. after I got like done playing. But, uh, you know, before that, I was at Georgia, uh, for that one year, 2015. Had a really good year. Um, very, very blessed to have been there for that year. My only regret of that time was just, there wasn't enough of it. I <laughs> wish I was there longer. Um, I loved Athens. I loved the people. I love every single thing about it. And like I said, I just wish I had more time there. Um, but had a really good year in um, Coach Rick's last year. We had a very, very good defense that year. Um, top ten, in almost every category. And it was really fun to be a part of that and be the be the middle linebacker of that defense. And uh, for that, I was at UAB for three years. Um, had you know three. Three pretty good years, you know. As a team, we, we didn't do too well my first two, but the third year, we, new coaching staff did did better. Ball eligible for the second time in school history. Oh wow! Um, before they shut us, before they shut us down, and I you know I'm kind of working backwards here, but uh, <laughs> you're, you're fine. So, You know, had you know had had good time at UAB. Um, being from Birmingham, I went to Chelsea High School, which is right next to Alabaster, both suburbs of Birmingham. Um, so I'm like down the road. Uh, currently live in Chelsea with my wife and my two-year-old daughter Bentley. Um my wife's name is Peyton and she runs a online clothing store called These 3 Boutique and uh
0: that's it. We're just living here right now, just having a good time. Yeah. So, you know, so like you recap. said Like you said you're you're at Georgia for um for one season, you know, coach Rick's last season like you said. Going into that season, did y'all know that that was a potential that he could have lost his job depending on how the season went?
1: You know, I no, I would never really have thought about that. You know, um, obviously I knew if we didn't win, I, I feel like, you know, at, at Georgia and big schools, the stakes are high. So I know that you got to win that performance, a performance-based profession, and I get that. Um, but, no, going into the year, it was year 15 for Coach. Um, the year before, they did have a disappointing season. You know, that was the year they went to the Belt Bowl. Um, they beat, I think it was Louisville. Yeah. But, you know, lost to Georgia Tech in a really close one. Um, that was the year, I think, South Carolina. They fumbled it on the goal – or didn't run it on the goal line. Maybe like three plays in a row or something like that. Um, just kind of a disappointing year because I think in 14, it's supposed to be a pretty good Georgia team. And I, I think it, I think they finished like 9-4, and four, but 8-4 in the regular season. So I probably wouldn't have thought that, but maybe, you know, from the outside looking in, maybe, okay, hey, coach needs to do something this year. And, you know, unfortunately, we went 9 and 3.
0: Um, yeah, not a bad season at all.
1: Not, you know, not bad. The three losses, you know, besides the Bama one felt like you were, you know, obviously we are in the Tennessee one. We lost on a touch, you know, 38 31. We were up pretty big that game. Yeah. Um, Florida was a weird game, you know, with the quarterback situation. And then, uh, you know, Bama really went in it uh, from the block punt. But, uh, you know, took care of business against the teams we were supposed to, you know, beat Auburn on the road, um, you know, took care of tech and did some other things, but, you know, it was, it was time for a change. And I think coach probably, you know, I don't know how he feels, but, you know, bringing in coach smart, getting some fresh blood and some different things and ideas in there. I think, you know, was, was good for the program. Obviously I'm a huge Mark Rick guy. Um, you know, he's the guy that gave me the second chance and, uh, and I'm, you know, eternally grateful for that. But, I, you know, that's a tough that's a tough situation for, you know, for the AD and for whoever else was involved in making that decision. But, you know, hopefully it pays off
0: yeah, okay. in the long run. Yeah, like you said, he was there 15 years. He was there a long time and was, brought some great recruits in, you know. But, you know, like you said, he gave you your, your second chance fr- from UAB, you know, the program shutting down. What ultimately led you to come to Georgia from UAB?
1: Well, you know, I had a relationship with Coach Pruitt from high school. Um, when he was at Bama, I, he was recruiting me as, as a walk-on, not a, not a scholarship <laughs> to Bama, but like a preferred walk-on. And so, you know, a preferred walk-on to Bama, it, it's, it's pretty good, you know, being from Bama. That's, you know, a lot of kids like in high school, they it's a pretty good deal. So I, I looked, definitely looked into it. It, it was for safety. Um, I was a high school quarterback, so it was for safety, which he coached um at him at the time so we had a relationship and when the program shut down he was actually one of the first ones to call me and uh, just reached out and was just like hey jake you know i know things you know follow you know just whatever he said and just said hey we're going to be recruiting you you know we're going to be a little thin an inside backer next year like in terms of experience with Amarlo and ramik which i didn't know at the time but you know them two were graduating." And behind them, you know, really no experience besides, you know, Reggie Carter played a little bit and Kimbrough. But besides them, too, there was really nobody in that room that had played. So, you know, to add a, a senior who was eligible immediately was something that they were definitely looking at. And I think it was about a week later from the time he called, from the time uh, one week after, it was when they officially offered me. Brought me in on official visit the next day, and then I committed on my official, committed and signed on my official. But the whole process <laughs> oh, wow. was ten days, and I actually had to move
0: like nine days later. Oh wow! Cause, um, oh, wow. Yeah, I committed on like December
1: twenty first or something, and I ended up moving into my house in Athens like December thirtieth or thirty first.
0: So it, just, it was just a really wild, crazy, fast time
1: for me. Uh, Obviously, I had to get out of my lease in Birmingham and just do a whole bunch of stuff. But it just – it was crazy how it all worked out.
0: Yeah, and it worked out great. You know, your senior year, you know, playing in Georgia, leading the team in pretty much every defensive category with some of those names that were on that defense. You know, Lorenzo Carter, you know, Trent Thompson. You know, multiple players were on that team, on that defense. But for you, your senior year, to lead a team like Georgia – In pretty much every defensive category, you can except for I think it was like interceptions, which you had like two of, so you were tied for second. You know, it's crazy to look back at your time. You know, me rooting for you. Know you're one of my favorite players on that team, one of my favorite Bulldogs. You know, loved watching you play. And so, coming from man, good things happen when you get to the ball. That's what you know. (laughs) That's what I tell my kids. Man, it's just it's crazy
1: how. How good you can be if you have perfect effort and if you and if you do the do the things that you can control, you know, not being the fastest, strongest, whatever, you know, I definitely wasn't any of those things, but I could just I find my way to the ball and, and good stuff would happen. So
0: Yeah. So you're the linebacker coach at Thompson High School, you know, state champions. Yep. Pretty sure they yep. went the year before they went the year before too, right? They went back to back appearances, am I correct? Or
1: Yes, yeah, we did. We did. We lost We lost previous year to the same team in the state championship and we came back and beat the same team the next year in the state championship. Oh, wow. And the team, just so everyone has a picture of who we're playing, it's like Dallas Carter off Friday Night Lights. <laughs> uh, you had never seen a bigger team come out that tunnel both years. <laughs> and it's the craziest thing because the first year we played them, you know, they announced the seniors before the game. They let them run on the field and do their thing and they had like 50 of them you are like, okay you know next year it
0: won't be this bad you know the next year they have 50 50 more they were just <laughs> as big and fast and you're just like oh man here we go but we uh played a really good game and we, we ended up beating them pretty good um so it was, it was very very fun yeah so moving on you know from georgia you're an undrafted yep. you know free agent you know you signed with yep. the vikings how was that getting that experience to be able to play for or be on a roster for the NFL team, you know, and, and being able to have the yeah. opportunity to further your career?
1: It was fun, man. I, you know, every year when you leave high school, I felt like every year football became more of a more of a job and, le- you know, less fun, more more work. Um, and then like right when you get to the league, it just it just hits you like this is your job. <laughs> this is what you're paid to do. And so fun or not, you better perform, you know, and you better find a way to perform. And so that experience was really fun. Um, I enjoyed living in Minnesota for the the short time it was. I enjoyed meeting new people, playing with guys from all over the country. And, you know, I got to play, you know, it's the first time ever, you know, I'm playing with 33-year-olds. There was a 30, you know, we had a 37-year-old quarterback, Sean Hill. I mean, so you know I'm 22. So it you know it's crazy to think about you know the guys in the locker room. My locker room, I was two down from Adrian Peterson. Oh wow! You know a guy that I grew up just you know idolizing. So I'm every day I'm coming in from practice and he's you know, there's a guy <laughs> between us. There's literally one guy. I look down and there's Adrian Peterson. So you know it was a very cool experience. I got to learn a lot in terms of just not just football, but just handling my my business and and adversity and and just kind of learn how to, how to work and, and do different things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I loved it. Obviously, you know, it's a numbers game being, you know, a late round pick to undrafted free agents, pretty much, you know, in terms of what the GMs are looking at, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same in making a roster. Um, so it's all a numbers game and you gotta, you gotta try to play it, hit it right. And, and, Guys like me make it every year, and guys like me, a lot of guys like me don't. So it's just one of those things. Um,
0: but I'm very, very grateful for my time there and for the opportunity. Yeah, that's definitely a once in a lifetime shot for sure. So last question for me, and then we'll go on to Richard. So I'm sure you've seen it, the new NIL that NCAA you know just signed, where players can you know make profit off their name, image, and lightliness. Yep. What, what are your thoughts about that? Like, are you happy for them? Are you like why did they do it back when I was playing?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I think it can be good. You know, the one thing that worries me about that um, is just like certain schools maybe having like big-time advantages over other schools, if that makes sense. So, like, yes. to me, the first thing I think about is LeBron James going to L.A. You know, the Lakers obviously weren't very good when he went there, but he went there for the market. He went there to put Bronny in school over there and to kind of build his brand and his market. Like, why not go to L.A.? Yeah. You know, it's the, you know, L.A. and New York, the two biggest, you know, maybe not like really the biggest, but, you know, in our minds, they're the biggest cities in the country. So why why not? So I think about like a UCLA or USC or, you know, certain SEC schools for sure, but just different schools like that that might have a huge advantage over other schools that, hey, listen, you come here, we can get you this media deal. We can get you this sponsorship, you know because that's what it's going to come to it's going to come to the boosters and and different people who have their hands in the program they're going to like have connections and ways to get these kids money yep. and i'm okay with like again i'm okay <laughs> with i'm okay with it i'm just saying you know if the nca has a good plan on how to regulate it and make sure that it's just not like one school just doesn't have a monopoly like hey why is this why are all these kids going here you know it's because of you know this billionaire is just funding the, you know whatever it is so as long as there's a good plan, which I'm sure they will have, I, I'm
0: all for it. Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree. You know that when they first started talking about it, that was my same reaction. You know, bigger schools, you know, can get you know the better players. You know, just buy all the sponsorships yep. and you know publicity right, that yeah. they have. Back on
2: to you, I ask you this question, like you were just saying, yeah, the bigger schools, such as let's just go with the bigger schools around here, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn. Yep. They're going to be able to get that. They're going to get the You're going to get the athletes. They're going yep. to be able to pay them. Yep. So, don't you? How do you feel about that aspect of some of the smaller school? Some of the smaller schools, such as Troy, UAB, yeah. uh maybe a school like UCF, a school yeah. that's trying to get into uh, the playoffs, but they can't recruit the athletes to help that. How do you think that's going to? Do you think that will affect the? I guess cuz now everybody gets tired of it now cuz Bama is always the team in the playoffs. Do yeah. you do so you think that's going to play a role with those schools where you're always at the same four or five schools always
1: competing for that that prize. Yeah, I yeah, I, yeah man, I do I completely agree with that. I think that I think that right now, you know, college football is pretty, you know, it's 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 getting pretty top heavy, you know, it's it's pretty consistent. You're going to see Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. I'm gonna throw Georgia in there. Um, you know, you're gonna see the same five. We'll say five to seven teams. Like I feel like the past couple of years now, it's been about the same five to seven. You know, and I feel like as this rule gets carried out, you might even see that shrink, or you might see those five and seven really lock in right there, because, like you said. It's going to be really tough for these smaller schools to get some of this talent because at the end of the day, I mean, depending on who's in their ear, hey, you got to go here. Who cares about blank, blank education, this, this, and this? You're going to get paid. You're going to get this money. And uh, obviously, a lot of kids are going to listen to that. So I do think it's going to affect the, the landscape of kind of the power struggle. You know, right now, everything's got to be behind closed doors you know this oh they're giving out this they're doing this well no one's got real proof of that okay but now schools are going to be able to like publicly say hey we can give you a lot of money if you come here with this deal with this sponsorship so um it's going to be very it's going to be interesting for sure yeah
3: and then thinking back on and going back into that going back into something
2: else kind of related to that if athletes, are being paid, if athletes are allowed to be paid to play, yeah. what does that do? What do you think that has or do you think will have or won't have any impl- implications on their scholarships? Because uh, they already get paid to come to school for scholarship right. Now they're getting paid on top of that. Do you think right. that you're going to have other students who are not athletes and other, uh, other organizations they're just trying to say, no, we don't need to pay the athletes or they don't need scholarships because they're being paid to play. Right. Yeah, I mean,
1: I can see it definitely causing issues even between, you know, sports at the same school. Um, you know, you got already, if you think about, like, baseball, I don't know the exact number. I just know they split scholarships. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think basketball is, I don't know if everyone's full out basketball either. I'm not really sure. But, you know, you think about that, and then you're like, oh, this football player is, uh, you know, on a full ride, and he's getting paid twenty thousand for his uh, Nike commercial he just did, or whatever it is. And you know, maybe not that much. I don't know. But just like you said, I definitely think it could cause a rift. Um, and then uh, another thing is, how do you, how do you say, you know, one kid's likeness is is greater than another kid's likeness if they're at similar schools? You know, do you pay them? Do you pay the Bama and the Georgia player the same? Do you, you know, because if you think about the market, the Southeastern market of what these kids like are going to be getting sponsorships and deals on, and then also another thing, you know, I, I'm very involved with is social media, you know, where does that come into play? My, you know, my, there's a lot of Instagram ads that are done, you know, there's yeah. all sorts, there's campaigns, you know, there's companies that that's all they do is they, they, they influence, they're called influencers, you know, these, these bloggers bloggers you know all this kind of stuff you know where does that play a role in this like does this there's a kid that doesn't play football, doesn't really play on the team but he has a ton of followers does he get a bunch of money <laughs> like yeah, you know that yeah. i don't i don't know i don't know those answers but i think they're going to be really interesting to find out i i, I completely agree and i will say um you uh,
2: y'all beat my alma mater this past year in the play or in the state in the 7a state championship um
3: oh, you went you went to central? I did go to central yes oh man so
1: yeah so you know what i'm talking about then the freaking monsters out there <laughs> yeah, it, yeah i know did you see did you see him
2: play this year I, yes i did i saw him play this year and last year and i'll sure. say this last year's team which is uh they had a few more
1: athletic freaks than this year's team. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm with you. I they were still pretty loaded, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I think defensively they had more they had more firepower back there with that safety and some of the other guys. Um, obviously the quarterback is the real deal or was the real deal. I'm not sure what's going on with them now. But uh, uh which one? Parrish. No, Paris. He, uh, he's at LSU, so I don't know what's going on with him. I heard he got kicked off the team. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's yeah. That's what I heard too. That's what I was saying. So yeah, and, yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty good. So let me ask you this though, because you you probably
2: what was what was the biggest difference between Talia and then the quarterback y'all had this year? Oh yeah, Ooh. yeah. That's
1: a great. That's a great question. You know, Talia. Talia, well, first off, can can throw the ball. You know, can spin the ball better than anybody I've ever seen in my in my entire life in person. Um, just talk about throwing it in windows and making making throws that you just don't think are possible. Um, whereas Sawyer, you know, was built it was built through the system. You know, came through Coach Freeman, so he Coach Freeman has had his hands on him since he was in eighth grade. Oh wow! And when Coach Freeman got here, Sawyer was an eighth grader. So so it's it's taken time for him and he's literally for five years he got to learn from Coach Freeman Talia and become up through the system and where you know Talia was going to go make a play. Every time he was gonna go make a play. And sometimes maybe it wasn't the right decision, but you can't tell a playmaker like that, no, you gotta let him be. Whereas Sawyer was gonna do you know exactly what he's told he's gonna make the right reads and he's going to get the guys in the right position. Which Talia did, too, but it was just different. And, um, you know, Sawyer statistically had a better season. Yeah, I saw Um, that. You know, he had better stats his senior year. Um, Obviously, Talia was just an unbelievable talent and and really a great kid. Really great family, though. What you see on TV and all that, that's that's what they are. They're a really, really special family. But so is Sawyer's. And Sawyer was that kid that just – he didn't play those senior year in high school, you know. That's kind of rare. You know, you think like, oh, if he don't play till he's a senior, he's not very good. But no, he's just behind a five-star <laughs> you know, Alabama commit, um, you know, that moved in from Hawaii. So saw your wages turn. He worked his tail off, and like it was just such a cool. He's a diehard Auburn fan. For him to go into Jordan hare and kind of redeem our 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 team and our city. You know, we got our tails kicked uh, two years ago. You know, went in there all big and bad, thinking we were good when we got destroyed and you know, walked out of there with our tails tucked. We worked for 364 days to get back. And when we did, Sawyer kind he finished it off for us, man. It was just, it was really, really special and it was just a really cool story, you know? And, uh, like, I, I do, I agree with you because you like,
2: I mean, I played played football a little bit in high school and then played baseball. Ended up going to college for baseball, but it is, like you said, it is, it speaks to his character for a kid that didn't play until his senior year to go out and uh, do what he did that year. So I did look at his stats. He had a tremendous year. And what was surprising to me, though, was, yeah, he had had that year, and still at the end of the year he hadn't had a single offer.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And it was kind of like one of those things where, you know, like when no one's like, like, no one's touching something, so you're like, I'm not going to touch it because I don't know why <laughs> no one else is touching it, but something's wrong with it kind of thing. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. what it, that's what it felt like. Like, because he had nothing, and and everyone, you know, offering a quarterback is a big deal. You know, that's – you're putting, you know, college coaches, obviously their their livelihoods on the line. <laughs> it's winning games. And so when you offer a quarterback, you better offer a kid that you think will going to come in and, and, and keep your job, you know. And so – I do think it is really tough to be a court, but there's no reason he shouldn't have had some FCS, you know, the Sanfords, the Chattanoogas, the, those schools of the world, Mercer, um, and even some small D1s. I thought ta- arm talent and just like IQ, I think he could have fit in some certain systems. Um, but really all he had was some Division twos. I think that he kept quiet, um, and that's it. And then he ended up getting, you know, his dream school was Auburn. He ended up getting a preferred walk-on with Coach Morris and Coach Malzahn. And I think that's the best thing for him. I think he'll go there. And if you look at their quarterback situation, he can fight for that third-string spot. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know, you say, oh, third-string. Well, that's a big deal for a walk-on. I mean, yeah. if, you know, if, if you know, like, there's 120 kids on a football team. So third-string is, is top is top 50%, you know, 60 players. You know, I, So I think he's got a chance, and obviously you never know um but no i mean he's a great kid and really really good family and uh and i'm really happy for him but yeah i mean it was crazy everyone's asking like why does he not have offers you know people are texting calling and i'm like i don't know guys and then there was like al.com articles about it and it just kind of got worse like it kind of like caught fire like oh this kid don't have anything and it just kind of like i don't know if that scared people away or what but um Know Coach Freeman's done nothing but produce quarterbacks his whole career, um, so you think someone would would trust it? And I think Auburn finally pulled the trigger on the PWO, which was great.
2: Also, i speak speak to you a little bit about the the transition mm-hmm. from UAB yeah. to, to Georgia. Like, what, what what was some of the bigger bigger differences you saw? Once you transferred to Georgia yeah. from
1: UAB, without well, the you know the biggest thing I tell people because I get asked that a lot you know it's the biggest difference just in the two teams and the overall biggest difference would be the depth. You know I think that they're obviously you know me you know but I think there's certain players on UAB's team that could compete with the starters on Georgia not not eleven for eleven but just you know what I mean but just different players. Yeah. Yeah. Now you talk about putting the twos up against the twos, and it's a ninety to nothing slaughter. Is to me that's the best way I can describe it. The, the depth at Georgia was so much. I mean, even the threes at Georgia would beat the twos at UAB by hundred. I mean, it's, it wouldn't yeah. even be close. Cool, because uh, that's that's the recruiting aspect. Again, there's going to be guys fall through the cracks. You know, I played with JJ Nelson. He ran the second fastest time at the combine ever. He was a receiver at UAB, got drafted fifth round of the Cardinals. He's still playing for the Raiders, going on year six now. So played with, you know, played with multiple guys that ended up in the league from UAB, um, tied at a tight end and some others. And you say, oh, they definitely could have played at Georgia, and they could have, but you just look at overall 11 for 11, and especially when you start getting the twos and threes, it's not even close. And then obviously, the obvious answer is is size and speed. <laughs> SEC has more size than speed, and that is, that's the truth. It, <laughs> people say it, you don't want to admit it, but it's true. Everybody's big, everybody's fast. And, uh, and that goes for pretty much the whole league. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. So those are the two, yeah, I mean, uh, two biggest differences, I would say, just kind of in the two. Was that oh. the question? I'm sorry, I don't even know if I answered that right. Yeah, <laughs> 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 You okay. Much. And uh, it's my last question
2: for you for this. Um, how how was it for you? And you know, some of your other teammates, maybe even some of the seniors who were maybe twos who didn't play much. But when UAB shut their program program down, how hard was it for like you to see some of your some of your friends, some of your buddies who you knew would never play the game again? And just how, how hard was it on y'all?
1: It was tough. Um, It was really tough because when I, when I think about my time at UAB, I mean, my first two years, right, we were three and nine and then two and 10. So that, you know, we sucked. But when you go through something like that with those guys, like you, (laughs) you're you're bonded, you know, you're bonded just from being teammates, but when you go through such trials and, and, just, and then we had a whole new coaching staff, turnover, my, going to my junior. And then we bought in as a team, worked our butts off, and we go 6-6. Six and six, And you thought we won the Super Bowl. If you <laughs> saw us celebrate, we won our sixth game. in the last game year, we were 5-6. and six. We beat our rival Southern Miss, you know, one day before they shut us down. I mean, you would have thought we just won the Super Bowl. Wow. And so, like, that was special. And so, when they got rid of the team, I mean, it was tough, like, the kids I came in with, you know, I think there was like 24 in my signing class, and let's just say, I would say at least 15 made it to junior year, you know, you know the rest usually quit or get medically disqualified or transferred, but let's say there was 15, I mean, that was a special group right there. I mean, we went through, we went through hell, you know, to get back to where we wanted to go, and, uh, but yeah, like, the, that was tough, you know, I came in with a kid, I won't say his name, but. He's a big-time recruit. He uh, had some academic issues, ended up not qualifying for a couple schools, but had about four SEC offers. And um, came to UAB with me, and, you know, we're there for the same time, right, three years. And I get to go to Georgia, and he goes to a Division two school in Florida. So, you know, you saw the difference in, in people working and, you know, and how hard you work, and you got to see – and I use that example all the time with my players because, you know, to me, everything is about keeping your head down and, and working hard. And when you do that, good things happen. And so it was tough to see that. Like that kid, you know, I, I hated that because I don't even think he ended up playing. I think he went there and, and quit. Um, and then you got a bunch of other kids, like you said, that didn't, they didn't even put pads on again. Um, and that And that was tough. And that weighed on me. But you know what? That helped me. Get through a lot of things, and it pushed me to be better. And you know, I played with a chip on my shoulder my senior year for them, and I wanted to go out there and, and make all my UAB guys, you know, proud. And so it was, it was good, though. So
0: okay. You became pretty pretty popular, not just in Athens, but you know, countrywide when you proposed to your now wife on the 50 yard line at Sanford Stadium. You know that yep. blew up; that went everywhere. How were you able to to pull that off? You know, obviously you played there, but, like, did you have to yeah. you know, coordinate it? So so
1: I just went to – I was in fall camp, and uh, I knew I wanted to do it kind of – I didn't know how at all. You
3: know, I just <laughs> knew
1: I wanted to do it with football and during football season. So I went to Coach Rick during fall camp. I would say that first Saturday, maybe second Saturday after scrimmage, and we just had some downtime, and we're at the George Center. and we talked to him in his office, and I told him, and so, like, literally me and him just sat down and kind of came up with a plan. He called uh, – I don't know who he called. He called someone, like, that was in charge of the stadium and different things and got them in there. And it ended up being, like, a focus group in there with me <laughs> And we were just kind of – we just kind of planned it out. Um, planned it out and, uh, you know, identified South Carolina. Obviously, we we felt like – I felt like we were going to win every game, but we felt like we definitely had a good chance at winning that game. Um so And that was a home night game, so it just kind of worked out good and uh, just kind of circled it and kind of got the plans and, and, and went from there. So it was, really, you know, it was really coach me and Coach Rick kind of came
0: up with that. Uh, good thing it was a win, too, because that would have been – probably had to postpone that. Yeah, I, we, I was going to say, we had, we had a contingency. We played Southern in two weeks. That, that, was, that was the contingency right there. But, yeah, it was a good thing we won. So that that's all for me, you know, just – wanted to, you know to get the story about that because like i said it went pretty pretty viral went pretty popular um yeah. so tell people you said that you know your wife runs a, a boutique let people know about it you know
1: yeah so she it's called um these three boutique and she she started with her mom um it would have been in spring of 2016 it's an online clothing store so they sell you know Clothes, shoes, accessories, all that for I would say the age range would be, you know, 15 year old girl all the way. They've got stuff for moms, you know, but really just that 15 to 35 range, probably their main target and uh, audience, college girls, high school girls, girls out of college, young moms. And again, they do have a mom kind of line, but um, it started in their living room. And honestly, it's grown so much in four years. It's unbelievable. Um, they've moved,
0: this is, they're in their fourth warehouse right now. Oh, wow. Where the clothes are and where they kind of ship the clothes from. They've got, uh,
1: 10 full-time employees. They, at least, maybe more now. Um, but right now they're in a 20,000 square foot warehouse. So it's just 20,000 square feet of clothes. (laughs) And it's just, it's just unbelievable how much they've grown it. Um. You know, it's a faith-based online clothing store and her sisters work with her, her dad works with her, um, you know, a couple of our friends from high school work with her, and it's, you know, it's a family business and, and they do a great job and they, everything, you know, they, they price everything, you know, well and just, they work their butts off. I mean, she she's grinding like like in no one's business right now, especially in the quarantine and because business is good, you know, I, you know, I know a lot of people are struggling right now, and um, you know, it's tough times for a lot of people losing jobs, and not working, and but you know, a lot of people are shopping, and, and buying clothes, and so they're, they're working their butts off, and doing the, doing the right things, but um, and we're super grateful, and we're super th- thankful, and we're blessed, but
0: yeah, so I mean, it's, it's a good deal, man, it really is. Heck yeah, so we're going to go into our, um, our rapid fire section now. It's just a little series of fun questions and just the first thing that pops to your head, all right? Okay. All right, if you could be any character on a show, who would it be?
1: Ooh, um, probably Jim
0: from The Office. That's a good one. It's a good one of my favorite shows. It's, it's my favorite by far. <laughs> your bucket list concert, dead or alive? Who Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes, I like you even better now. That's what I'm talking about.
1: Taylor T. Swift. That's, that is that is going to happen. I don't know when,
0: but that's going to happen. It's after quarantine. <laughs> yes, after quarantine. Your bucket list sporting event. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I want
1: to I wanna go to one. I, that's definitely on there.
0: All right. Besides Stanford Stadium and UAB Stadium, what was your favorite stadium to play at?
1: Well, okay. Um, honestly, uh, South Carolina, my freshman year at UAB, because it was my first. It was my first big environment, you know. Uh, it was my first away game. My true freshman, you know, my true freshman year was our second game of the year, and uh, it just made such a. I'm not. I don't even know if it's that good of a stadium, but it was just <laughs> such a cool moment for me, playing in front of you know the whatever 90,000 fans. It was. That was the first time I ever played in front of more than five or 3,000, you know? It's
0: just,
1: it was really special to me. So I would say South Carolina.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a big stadium for sure. So, Yeah. Your favorite moment in Athens?
1: Ooh. Um, you know, the obvious answer would be the proposal. I got to say that so I don't get in trouble.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, let me see. Besides, we'll go besides that. There you go.
1: Besides <laughs> that, um. Favorite moment, Athens. Uh, man, I'll be honest with you. You know, we I was a part of the first ever light-up Sanford game against Georgia Southern. Yep. Um, obviously, we didn't play good. And uh, we went to overtime.
3: But yep.
1: <laughs> it just kind of shows that team. You know, like we, we went through a lot of crap. You know, there was a lot of stuff going on during the season. And we lost games. We, it was just, you know, it's tough. And we fought. We could have gave in and, and lost at home to our, like, you know, little – little brother, little cousin, whatever you want to call them, um, in the state. And we fought back and we won the game. And uh, on third and 30, in overtime, quarterback scrambles and actually is literally gets 29 yards and I tackle him to make it fourth and one. <laughs> before J- Jordan and Flo make the fourth and one stop to win the game, I had that tackle on third and 30 um, to get him to fourth and one. So I think that moment right there, and I was beat up. I got cut. I got, like, taken off the field twice by the trainers. That's the first time in my career I actually had to lay on the field twice, and it happened twice in one game. So I I battled through that. So I think that game, you know, the light-up Sanford being the part of the first one ever was, was pretty cool. All right, all
0: right. So did you have any pregame rituals, or do you now as a coach?
1: Um. I wasn't a big ritual guy. I will tell you this. I would not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not advising this uh, as a player because I, I, you know, after
3: looking back, I'm like, okay, that was stupid. I I took, I drank five hour energies (laughs) before games (laughs) and uh, it's not good. It's not
1: good. I don't, I do not say you should do that, young players. Uh, uh, That's about it. I really didn't even have like a playlist. I just like, Listen to whatever I was feeling. It was just, I wouldn't like that kind of player that was just like, I just, I felt like I prepared so hard and put so much pressure on myself during the week that the games were just fun and easy. And that's how I got to go out there and perform. Um, As a coach, yes, I uh, I walk, I do now, it's funny because as a coach, I do have pregame stuff that I do. And it's (laughs) funny because I'm not even playing. But now as a coach, I get like way more into that kind of stuff. But I, I walk the field by myself. I touch both goal posts. I sit on the sideline of the of our sideline for, like, 30 minutes. And I do have a specific playlist now. <laughs> um, I do a pregame toss with our running back coach. We we start at, like, 10 yards, and we get to about 50, 60-yard bombs in front of the crowd. Dang. Um, and we and we do that. So, yeah, I've got a couple things now, but that's <laughs> it's just funny how, how it's changed.
0: All right. So that went into my next question, too, you know. Did you have a, a pregame hype song? Uh,
1: you know anything, Little Wayne? You know any any of the Carters? Um, you know Eminem, some some old Eminem. You know stuff stuff I grew up on in high school. I still bump it, and uh, you know now the kids, you know they get. They put me on so much new music, you know. I always make sure my kids keep me up to date with everything, you know, whether it's TikToks or whatever. My like, guys, you got to—I can't be old now. You got to tell me what's going <laughs> on, keep me up to date. So you know, now you know, the baby, you know, there's little baby, but now as the baby is kind of the guy right now. Um, so you know, I've been listening to a lot of his stuff, and <laughs> just trying to stay up to date, you know, stay cool with the kids, you know, just do what I can.
0: Hey, you gotta do what you gotta yeah. do. <laughs> yep and last one for me your go-to binge vlog
1: oh office so this is come you know you might get it because you because you watch it and you're a fan but like i have watched it through almost i lost count but i would say i'm close to 15 times
0: yeah i'm yeah
1: um you <laughs> and, and it was funny is a lot of people are like that like you would you'd be shocked like how many office fans you you meet like another coach i know has watched it like 20 times and that I coach with. And so what I do is like, to me, I can't watch a new show unless I'm going to sit down and actually watch it. So to me, when I get home, you know, at night, the office is on and it's just running. So I might be watching film or doing, you know, stuff from my classes, my, you know, my, my students, or I might be, you know, playing with the baby, um, you know, or whatever I'm doing, the office is usually on. So like every time people come over my house, the (laughs) office is on and it's just kind of running. So, You know, right now I'm on time 14 or 15, I think, season, around, end of season three, season four, you know, Jim's about to leave Karen for Pam, so (laughs) getting excited for that. Uh, But yeah, so I would, I would watch that in like a day if
0: I could. Yeah, completely understand that one, for sure. All right,
1: if you could be any Avenger, who would it be? Any Avenger? Yeah. Oh, um, I guess Iron Man. I know that's the. I don't know what kind of answer that is. I don't know what people think about that answer, but you know, he gets to he gets to do everything. You know, fly. So he's got like you know like artificial superpowers, which I think is cool because he kind of gets to control it. Um, and obviously he's got a lot of money. Um, you know, cool cars. Um, and, and he obviously you know I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll just say he's a sex. You no, know, I don't. I don't He's a, he's a good guy for what he does. Let's just say <laughs>
0: that. If you haven't seen Endgame, I don't want to ruin it, but he's a, he's a selfless person, so let's just say that. If you haven't seen Endgame uh, by now, you deserve it to be Yeah, really you're insane. right. You're right. You're right. You're
2: right. Uh, uh, next question. Who is your favorite all-time athlete?
1: My favorite all-time athlete is probably Brady. Uh, I started keeping up with him. That's probably... Uh, Eighth grader, maybe when he won his second championship, maybe maybe his third, but uh, I can't remember. But just around that time, I just started following him, and didn't really become a Patriots fan, just a Tom fan, and just really respected his everything about him, and um, the way he works, the way he carries himself, and just think he's obviously I think he's the greatest of all time, and and just kind of been a big fan ever since. Uh-huh. Who would you
3: say, who is the best athlete you've ever stepped on
1: a field with? Oh. Mm. That's a great question. You know, I played against Alvin Kamara at Tennessee. I always think about him when, you know, something like that gets asked because he's, he's a freak athlete. Um, who else did I play? You know, Derrick Henry, um, Heisman winner. You know, I had to tackle him, tried to tackle him um, a couple times. The best athlete. Man, I can't remember the receiver from South Carolina's name that was so good. great person and he talk about that one year you know making an impact on someone he, he took me I had no technique nothing I was I was skinny you know turns a lot I was wasn't weighing when I was during the season he, he took that 210 15 pound transfer from UAB and he turned me into a, a decent football player um he really did and uh, I'm forever grateful for that so, and, I, and I love him as a person And I love his energy and everything about him. So I would would have to say Mike Eckler and we would go, Red Shop. All right. Last question.
2: Yeah. What is your dream car?
3: Mm. You know, I'm actually, you know, I hate to
1: sound, you know, I'm actually, I drive a uh, a 1500 Chevy, and uh, it's a Black Widow edition. It's a little, it's Mm -hmm. a deal over here in Birmingham. They do, you know, they got a, a custom shop, and I got a custom and did all that, and it's lifted and got the rims and the custom leather and all that kind of stuff, and, um, man, I can't see myself driving anything else, and I thought about it, but, but I will say my favorite car is,
3: would be a Hellcat. Mm. My buddy,
1: I became pretty close with Danell Hunter up at the Vikings, um, defensive end, and he had a purple hellcat and it was so bad and it was so fast and it was so fun <laughs> and uh man and he, so he took me from the hotel to practice a lot and so i rode that. and ever since then i was like you know what if i'd ever get a car you know or if i ever get a dream car you know that's it would be a, a dodge hellcat all
0: right well, that's that's a good one to have for sure for yeah. sure oh yeah it's not not too shabby. <laughs> So, Jake, I just want to thank you again for, you know, taking time out of your day and joining us on the show and uh, letting everybody no get a little insight about you and learn a, bit of, a little bit more about you.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, hearing it, but I uh, appreciate you guys. Well, thank you, and um,
0: thank you. good luck next season. Yeah, man, we're,
1: we're going to get after it. we got a lot coming back, and we're, we're going to work hard, and we're going to try to get back and see if we can do it again. Maybe I, can, maybe I can run into Central again. <laughs> probably probably will, man. I'll be honest with you. It's, you know, if if we if we take care of business and if they do what they're supposed to do, and Coach Nix is a great coach. Um I mean, if you think about who's in the south, I mean it's it's wide open for central and you know, we know who we gotta beat up here. And so yep. I mean, it could be could be a three peak in the in, this, in the state, so we'll see. Yeah.
3: All uh, right, well, we hope you're here very you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Appreciate
1: y'all. Thank you.